Kia ora, you're with The House and I'm Johnny Blades. Parliament's Economic Development, Science and Innovation Select Committee has heard from a range of New Zealand's news media companies about how changes to the industry and the dominance of tech giants are killing them. The committee has been listening to submissions on a bill that seeks a more level playing field in the digital market that our media industry operates in. They argue that the tech giants whose digital platforms host news content that the media outlets produce are able to generate great revenue from this but share almost none of it with the outlets who do all the work. It's something affecting all New Zealand media companies, from the big outlets like RNZ, Stuff or The Herald, to the small town newspapers such as the Ashburton Guardian, whose co-owner and managing editor Daryl Holden was among those submitting to the committee. Simply those digital internet companies such as Google, Meta, which runs Facebook and Instagram and Microsoft, are creaming it at the expense of every New Zealand media company, who in many ways are slowly but surely leading to death. That's because those internet giants are using and sharing news produced by New Zealand media organisations on their mega digital platforms at zero cost to themselves. They are reaping unimaginable wealth and power, building their businesses almost entirely off content created by others. The Fair Digital News Bargaining Bill was introduced by the previous Labour government and passed its first reading last August. It would create a bargaining system between New Zealand news media entities and operators of digital platforms to support commercial arrangements for news content. Daryl Holden welcomed the bill as a small step that can be taken to bring tech giants to the negotiating table. Well, it's been reported that Google's revenue in New Zealand was $78 million in 2022, but it also paid its parent company in the US a separate service fee of $870 million that year. A small country of 5 million delivers nearly $1 billion of value to Google. And what do New Zealand media companies get out of it? Bugger all. To be fair, Google has signed agreements with some New Zealand media companies, including the Ashburton Guardian, but those last only up to five years. And as far as the Guardian is concerned, we accepted the deal from a position of no strength. The money we are paid by Google annually is a pittance. I'm almost embarrassed to say how much we get because it would not be enough to hire one graduate journalist. This type of legislation was introduced in Australia a couple of years ago after initial pushback from the likes of Meta and Google, which was also echoed in Canada, Australia's move has helped to address the imbalance and resulted in a boost to the resourcing of journalism. Media executives submitting to the committee were unanimous in their support for the bill. Sinead Boucher spoke to the committee both in her capacity of executive chair and publisher of Stuff and as president of the News Publishers Association. Every single one of the members of the MPA has um, worked tirelessly to try and adapt their business to meet the new needs of audiences and consumers across digital platforms and other formats. But it is a losing battle when the value that is um, that you're creating from your content is flowing in its majority to the digital tech giants, global tech giants, who have no people on the ground doing no work here, um, yet have somehow also trapped publishers within their ecosystem. I don't think it's generally well understood how, how much they control the entire digital ecosystem. They control access to the internet, access to your audience. They harness your customer data and build products off it. They, they control 
control the advertising technology and are able to set pricing and, and the sort of digital advertising world there. Um, the tendrils are everywhere. RNZ's chief executive, Paul Thompson, was another of the submitters. How do we sustain a viable, diverse, trusted media sector to keep our democracy safe and strong? Um, it's not a given that we'll be able to do that as a sector without some change. And the bill is one step that we can take as a country to um, build that sustainability in, in the future. A robust media system is not a nice to have. It's absolutely essential for us as a sovereign nation. Um, it's essential to a cohesive informed democracy and it's the bedrock of our sovereignty as a nation. If we don't tell our stories and own our stories, someone else will come in and do it for us um, from offshore. One of the tech giants, Meta, said the bill would not solve the long-standing digital transformation challenges facing the industry. It alleges the bill will compel Meta to enter into commercial agreements that ultimately ignore the realities of how their platform works. It's voluntary nature, the preferences of the people who come to Meta for content and the free value that they say they provide news publishers. Meanwhile, Paul Thompson told the committee that media entities aren't looking for a handout, they're looking for a level playing field. It's a level playing field that allows us to enter into good faith negotiations and extract fair value from those discussions. If they were going to happen to a satisfactory level, they would have happened by now. So this is not a silver bullet. This legislation is not a silver bullet for our industry. I think it's quite a modest practical step that we can take as a country and we're going to have to do a whole lot of other things as a nation in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years to sustain our media. I think the media sector itself needs to do a lot more under its own steam. You as legislators are going to have to do more as well. Um, our communities are going to have to think about it as well. So the real problem that we face is that there will be growing gaps in our journalism. Paul Thompson emphasised that media entities understand acutely that they need to operate in the digital world if they are to survive. Uh, well, as I've said, if you take our really strong, core, loyal radio audience, they're about 700,000 people a week, our digital audience would be twice that. So... Wow. You get to, more, you get to yeah. more members of the community. And we're a public good organisation, so we don't have the massive business model constraints of the commercial operators, but we do have that audience challenge of being relevant in people's lives. And it is a really good point. None of us as media um, outlets can choose not to engage digitally. The bill appoints the Broadcasting Standards Authority as the independent regulator to oversee the bargaining environment established by the bill and monitor compliance with the duties and responsibilities established by the bill. The BSA's chief executive, Stacey Wood, told the committee that one thing missing from the bill is an official Information Act override clause to protect against the release of confidential and commercially sensitive information. We and many of the media that we've engaged with do wonder if the information gathering powers in the bill are slightly too broad as currently drafted. The regulator does need a clear mandate to be able to gather the information it needs to do its job, uh, but there are some understandable reservations about giving more information than, than is reasonably necessary, particularly where that's commercially sensitive. The industry has been facing into financial headwinds and existential challenges for years, and this bill won't solve all of the sector's problems, uh, but it will help. Other measures will still be needed to resolve issues like the rise of disinformation and other online harms. 
this bill doesn't get in the way or prevent any of those other measures. We see it as a targeted, right-touch approach to help achieve fair outcomes between commercial parties. Considering that the National and ACT parties voted against this bill in August, it remains to be seen whether the current coalition government will support this bill or how much they might like to change it. One of the submitting groups who opposed the bill in its current form, the Free Speech Union, was concerned that the bill demanded that participating media organisations must abide by professional standards if they were to enter bargaining, which the FSU suggested undermined their editorial independence. You've been listening to The House, a programme made possible with funding from Parliament's Office of the Clerk. Mateo.